if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Allow me to explain. It's free, and we all love free stuff. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many more podcast platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Sweet 16, it is here, and the first two rounds are over. One of the greatest uh, weekends in sports, concluding with a bang. And why I think a great way to cap off the weekend is the end of regulation with a controversial call, or no call, I should say. Uh, In a a week of horrible officiating, concludes with more horrible officiating. So great job by those guys. Yeah. I don't, the caps. I, I mean, I don't know if that was a foul. It's I, a foul. I mean, if, if I don't, my thing is, my thing is it's, it's as much, them. it's as much of a flop as it is a foul. That dude flailed. But I think, and I'm pretty sure that his foot touched half court line before think, he ever yeah, got, they touched. missed, they missed a backcourt so, and they missed a foul. But also here's the thing. Um, I think that they would have called that a foul on Arizona at 90% of the rest I, of the game. So, yes. Uh, and and I guess here's the other thing, too. If that was Arizona that was back there and had the ball, foul. it's foul. Yeah. If TCU and I'm glad does that, that, it's probably a foul. I'm glad the Arizona players are able to wave goodbye to the TCU <laughs> crowd. I mean, you beat them in overtime. They're a nine seed. Right? Yeah, that's, that's uh, come on. Arizona, hey, I know they haven't been there before, but it's also Arizona, and yeah. they're the second-best team in the country. And, and and I feel like TCU basically won that game. They just didn't finish that game. It felt like they were going to lose the game, or it felt like Arizona was going to lose the game. Yeah, so. it did. Didn't happen, though. Um, so first two rounds are over. Uh, you know, I think some people will say, well, there wasn't enough upsets, but I think the – shock value of some of the upsets is higher than a lot of other years. And obviously the St. Peter's thing is, is a big deal, but you look at the yeah. current sweet 16 matchups right now, you have Gonzaga and Arkansas and then Duke and Texas tech, two very interesting ones. And obviously the chalk region being the West region uh, in the East, you have North Carolina versus UCLA, St. Peter's versus Purdue, uh, which the line on that's going to be huge, right? Like 12 and a half probably. <laughs> Yeah, which, which is crazy, which is kind of crazy because I know Purdue has their bigs and and they can play really well, but they can also play terrible. So the refs uh, are going to be a big part of that game. I think if, if they let St. Peter's be physical, St. Peter's can stay in it. Yeah, if there's any any three that St. Peter's could beat, I think it's Purdue. So not that there's any other three in the tournament, right? Oh, Texas Tech, but I'd rather yeah. play Purdue than Texas Tech if I'm St. Peter's. Yeah, and hope you don't let them shoot 40 free throws. So uh, <laughs> South region, Arizona, Houston, and then Michigan, Villanova, and then the Midwest, Kansas, Providence, and then Miami, Iowa State. So we'll get to those matchups soon. Uh, 
I think there's a, a few overwhelming themes of the last four days. I think one of them is officiating, unfortunately, how many different bad calls we've seen. Uh, just the flow of the game being ruined. I think Purdue, Texas is a great example. I can't believe Purdue fans are going after me as hard as they are in the comment section. It's like <laughs> you shot 34 more free throws than the other team, and yeah. their only excuse is it for is it Texas fouls more than most teams? Fine. Purdue yeah. draws more fouls than most teams. Fine. Um, and Purdue has a overwhelming size advantage underneath, and Purdue passes the ball inside. Also, uh, Williams and Edie shot 16 of the 46 free throws. Yeah, so, exactly. So it wasn't it wasn't the bigs. Um, it was DJ Carson's and <laughs> sucking at his job is what it was. Every <laughs> Purdue game that he's officiated, they Purdue shoot bias, an he? unbelievable amount of free throws. Yeah, um, and, and like, and then you look at you know the way that Purdue got to play compared to the way Texas got to play. Um, they got to be overly physical. Um, there was a clear charge late late in the game against Ivy that went no call that led to a three. Um, so, yeah, that's I, – I understand that that free throws don't have to be, you know, 20 to 20. No. But 46 to 12 or it's whatever unbelievable. it was. It's unreal. It's yeah. unreal. Uh, and there's another play in the open court where Ivy just pushes off of three guys in a row yeah. in the open court and they don't even blink an eye. And then they call a foul on, on Texas. So, uh, But, you know, Purdue made big shots. Ivy made a couple of huge shots. Um, which is what players like him are supposed to do. I think yeah, he did. Matherin did that as well. Yep. Um, so give credit to Purdue for winning the game. I mean, it's not that impressive to me. You beat a team by 10, you shot 34 more free throws than them, and <laughs> right. you beat an overseeded, inconsistent, somewhat overrated Texas team. So, And I think Chris Beard got the most out of that team that he could because that is a roster of transfers. That is a roster with kind of – I, I don't I don't it's not like I'm in the room or anything, but I would say more more me guys than team guys, I would say. Yeah. Marcus Carr is that. Yeah. I mean, he's a good player, but that's what he yeah. is. Yeah, I'm glad that Marcus Carr got to go somewhere to make the tournament. I mean Yeah, all he did in Minnesota was just be the guy. Like he was never yeah. like a part of any winning in Minnesota. Right. So uh, I think he they might have made it one year when he was there. Nineteen, I think they made it. Didn't they lose to Louisville? Did they? I think they made it one year that he was there. Maybe they did. You might be right. Let me let me check because I know that Patino was a total failure there. Yeah, they beat. Okay, they got to the second round in uh, nineteen. Yeah, they beat Louisville. Okay, okay. but uh, Marcus Carr was not there. So <laughs> there you go. I don't. That we were talking about it. Was seemed his like he would have been there first time at the tournament. So he was okay. I forgot he started at Pitt. He was at Pitt in eighteen, and yeah, then he. I guess he had to sit out in nineteen, yeah, or he was injured. Sense. Yeah. One of the two, uh, so he's not playing the tournament, but you know, he's probably, he's probably sitting on the Minnesota bench. One year sit out of the transfer portal that's gone, right? They got rid of that. I mean, it's got to be right. There's been like a billion players that haven't had to sit, yeah. so I, yeah. I, it kind of seemed dumb to begin with. Yeah, I agree. Whatever. Um, okay, most impressive teams from the first four days. Uh, I wrote down three teams. Um, I feel like a lot of teams, uh, I mean, they had close matchups, and I felt like these three probably had had the most impressive uh, games. Um, One team that nobody had any faith in, Providence, uh, the way they've been playing, um, you know, they beat South Dakota State. Um, It it seemed like Providence was just going to blow them out. It got a little closer towards the end. Um, and then, you know, I guess, you know, they get lucky. They play Richmond, who's a 12 seed, who upset Iowa, um, and they just they just beat the pants off of them. So uh, my second team is going to be North Carolina. Um, North Carolina, uh, you know, smoked Marquette, wasn't even close. They were up 25 on Baylor. Um, some people want to talk about officiating in that game, um, brought Baylor back in the game. Uh, North Carolina played really well, so – they're a scary eight seed right now. And then my last one's going to be Houston. Um, I know that, uh, you know, they, they smoked UAB and then Illinois hung with them for a little bit, but then they just, they just kind of overran them. Um, I think they're going to give Arizona a really good game. Uh, Houston is a fun team to watch. They're just really smart. They don't make a lot of mistakes and they just play hard. Um, so th- those are my three for, most impressive so far. Yeah, I mean, 
Houston is very much a veteran team and they play like it. Yeah. Um, I mean, Fabian White's a senior. Jamal Shedd's a sophomore, plays like a senior. Tajay Moore's a senior. Kyler Edwards is a senior. Josh Carlson's a senior. And uh, yeah, Kelvin Sampson's did a great job there this year. Uh, I would write down, I, I think you have to talk about St. Peter's a little bit. I mean, they sure. beat Kentucky. Sure. They beat Murray State. Their defense is super good. Shane Holloway's a hell of a coach. Um, talk about getting the most out of the resources there. It's ridiculous because that's like, I think Jeff Goodman had an article of like ranking the like attractiveness of every job in each conference. And in the Metro Atlantic, St. Peter's was last because oh, really? they have no budget, like a yeah. very low budget for that conference. And yeah. uh, he's going to be the next coach of Seton Hall for a reason. So yeah. he's yeah, legit. Yeah. I saw uh, there's a video where like St. Peter's is just a street on a road. It's not even a campus. It's very and, low number of students too. And he makes what two hundred fifty thousand dollars a year, two forty four or something like that, which is yeah, he's gonna insane. be making about two mil here at Seton Hall. <laughs> yeah. yeah, good Congrats for him. Congrats to him. Yeah, um, he's a great player there too. All American McDonald's All American um, yep. as a player. Uh, I think I know you don't like him. Michigan um, beating Tennessee, Tennessee came into the tournament as hot as anybody and they beat the absolute breaks off of Longwood Yeah, and their guard play Kennedy Chandler. I know he, I know they lost, but Kennedy Chandler is a stud. Like he was, he's tremendous, but uh, yeah. Michigan, I mean, it, it, it's, uh, that's what they do. I mean, they get to the sweet 16 this is the fifth straight time. I think. Um, yeah. And this I is mean, their down year and, with a lot of talent. And I get it. The, the biggest thing about that is, is everybody it's, it's always, Oh, why is the Big Ten get nine teams in? Uh, they never produce. They never do anything. Well, if you cut off any team, you know, say you cut off two teams, Michigan doesn't get in. Well, I guess they had Rutgers and Indiana above them. So um, I don't. I don't know. You know, they went from nobody thought they should be in to Sweet Sixteen. So good and for I them. think I think they have a legitimate chance with Villanova. I don't think that's a great matchup for Villanova and the Dickinson yeah. factor. Yeah. Is a big um, part of it, and I like Tennessee. I know uh, my brother is is very into basketball, and he said that no matter who Tennessee played that second round, they weren't going to win. Um, he didn't have any faith in them. Uh, they don't don't have anything inside that's that's good by any means. So he 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 didn't care if it was Colorado State or Michigan. He didn't think Tennessee was getting out of the second round. So. Well, they had a lot of inconsistency, and they really only started to play well after Kentucky absolutely murdered them at Rupp Arena. Yeah. And then they started to emerge. But um, that means the guy Ziegler next season is going to be one of the best guards in the country, I think. He's undersized, but he's fast. He can shoot. He can defend. Um, so that's a big thing for them moving forward. Uh, Miami's another team you got to mention, beat the brakes off of, um, off of Auburn. Yeah. Miami's proof that small ball works in the NCAA tournament. Like, their guards are not big, and right. they have veteran guards, 30-year-old Charlie Moore, um, big time. And, uh, yeah. I mean, Larinaga's done a great job because he's kind of gotten like Charlie Moore was kind of an out-of-control player. I don't know to the degree of Andre Curbelo, but <laughs> a very out-of-control player in other places. And he goes to Miami, and he's kind of much more calmed down, makes more smart plays. And uh, Isaiah Wong, Cameron McGusty, that's a very good team. So, I don't know. I mean, Miami's not that surprising that they're there. I never trusted Auburn, but I didn't see a team beating them. Like, I, I just didn't see the team beating them until Kansas. So, yeah. yeah. It's the beauty of the tournament, I guess. Then Iowa State's got to be mentioned as well, a team that went 0-18 last year in the Big 12. With Auburn, I see Jabari Smith. I, you know, I got four TVs on, so I can't watch every game, you know, intently. Um, but Jamari, Jabari Smith didn't have a shot for 14 and a half minutes. What's up with that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's it's a shame to see Bruce Pearl go down this early. What a shame. <laughs> uh, he, he hasn't made it out of the second round in like since he's been in Auburn. Right? Well, they had, they had one huge year. Okay. Uh, was it 19? They were final four team in 19, I think. Okay. Well, maybe once he's made it out. But yeah, they, uh, I don't know. They were a five seed. They beat, I mean, listen to this gauntlet. It's an actual <laughs> New Mexico State. Okay. Kansas, North Carolina, Kentucky. Wow. Virginia, they lost by one in the well, final. Yeah, that's four. that's when they like just couldn't. Jared miss, Harper, right? Bryce were, Brown. Yeah. 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 They were uh, it's pretty much the opposite of this year. That team had good guards who could shoot. This team has erratic guards who are inconsistent shooters. <laughs> yeah. So it's the opposite. Sure. Um, but anyway, Iowa State, I mean, 
if if this isn't proof that the transfer portal is big time, I don't know what is because they bring in Isaiah Brockton from Penn State. They bring in Gabe Kalsher from Minnesota. This is a team that won two games last year and a lost 22. 0-18 in the Big 12. They beat Jackson State and Arkansas Pine Bluff last season. Two teams ranked outside the top 250. This year they had the most quad one wins or they were tied for the most. Fifth defensive efficiency on Ken Palm in the country. And uh, Tyrese Hunter is a stud. And Tyrese Hunter, he's going to be on a list of, like, all-American level point guards next season. Him, R.J. Davis, any any other – I mean, there's a few other guards that will probably be back that will be there. But uh, he's a stud. He was big time against LSU. And then they just – their defense is just legit. I, I think they have a great shot against Miami. Great shot because their defense yeah. is just – ridiculous i mean they them and rutgers are the two teams that have held iowa in check this season they gave up 53 points to iowa and beat them by 20 and they held keegan murray to nine points on four of 17 shooting so tj halsenberger has just been unbelievable um so iowa state uh least impressive uh i'm gonna go with kentucky obviously uh losing to st peter's yikes what a shame. Sorry, Coach Cal. Uh, and my other one's going to be my team. I mean, uh, Illinois. They played bad in the Big Ten tournament uh, against Indiana, and that carried over horrendous, horrendously for them in this tournament. They were lucky to get by Chattanooga, um, and they stuck with Houston for about as long as they could until Houston just decided to turn it on, um, or the ref decided to tee up R.J. Melendez for a, yeah. a regular dunk. But – um, yeah. yeah, they, uh, they, their shooters couldn't make anything, um, and they didn't feed Kofi enough. So, uh, they, they were not good in the tournament, regardless of, of getting past Chattanooga. They weren't good. Yeah. Um, I'll go Kentucky as well. I think that's one of the, one of the most popular national champion picks and mm-hmm. pretty much everybody in the team outside of Shibway failed them in that game. And, uh, Kellen Grady disappeared. Um, they didn't get anything really from Toppin or Mintz or Ty Ty or Severe Wheeler or Keon Brooks. Uh, I, I'm assuming Sheboy's back there next year. I think he's a junior this year, so one more year next year. So they'll be great again, obviously, but that's just a, a bad one. Um, yeah. Yeah. Kind of reminded me of the, like what people thought would happen with Iona in Alabama last year that didn't happen, which was people thought Iona with Patino could beat. Alabama, but this time a different Metro Atlantic team beating an SEC team (laughs) in the 215, and it was a surprising one. So I would go also Iowa after winning the Big Ten tournament, um, just laid an egg. Something about that, right? I mean, playing the the Princeton offense killed them. Seven games over 10 days. Yeah, it's true, yeah. And Richmond methodically, like, slowed the game down, got into their offense, hit big shots. uh, Yeah. K.O. or Kyo or however you know, pronounce his name, mm-hmm. huge plays at the end. Uh, Gilliard and Golden as well. Nice to see the Spiders, you know, get a little taste of the tournament. Um, but that's yeah. just bad for Iowa and a bad way to go out for Keegan Murray with a fantastic season. And a shame for Fran. It's just such a shame yeah, we're so to sad. see him lose. Really upset about Brad Davidson too. Shoot. <clears throat> Dang it. Uh, I put Tennessee on here as well because of the hype going into the tournament. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I, I will take notes, and next year I will not believe in tournament champions as much. Yeah, yeah, you got to step away from them, right? I mean, yeah. John Fanta tweeted about it before the tournament. Yeah. Don't change, don't change your opinion on teams because of the conference tournament. Yeah, and we've seen it in major conferences for multiple seasons now. Right. So, right. Um, in hindsight, I should have known Texas was going to beat Virginia Tech, but whatever. Um, <laughs> I would also put uh, UConn on there. Physical. True. Looked good in the Big East tournament. Yeah, I know and you love them. I did. I thought I was like, there's no way Dan Hurley's gonna <laughs> let them lose in the first round again. Mm-hmm. And they didn't have a good enough plan. They couldn't stop Teddy Allen. Yeah. And they gave Eddie the, Buckets. They gave uh, Eric Musselman a blueprint on how to beat New Mexico State, which is to just stop him and let everybody else yep. beat you. And New Mexico State still almost came back and won that game. Yep. Yep. So. Arkansas not not that great in their first two games, but they won both. Yeah. And their matchup with Gonzaga is interesting. I think that they'll do kind of what Memphis did, which is hang around. Yeah. But I, I don't think, think Gonzaga's going to run all over them. I, I think that 
I, I think they could, you know, yeah. tick Holmgren and Timmy off a little bit underneath for a little bit. Yeah. You know, they can awesome. get a little physical with them. Um, awesome. And they could actually, unless the refs take over like they did with the Memphis game, they could maybe not control the game by giving DeAndre Williams and Jalen Duran four fouls each with like 12 <laughs> minutes left. Sure. Maybe not put the two best players on the team that's a complete underdog in foul trouble, but whatever. Uh, maybe the players shouldn't foul as much, I guess, would be the argument against that. Uh, so, yeah, that was the uh, least impressive, most impressive team. Standout players. Uh, yeah, standout players. Uh, you just talked about him. You know I love him. Yep. Drew Stud Timmy. took um, over the game in the second half. Yeah, 32 points against Georgia State, uh, 25 against Memphis. And I think he had four in the first half against Memphis. And then he literally could not miss. Um, he also had 14 rebounds in that Memphis game. So uh, very impressed by him and the way he he took that game over. Uh, my next one's going to be two guys, uh, both from the same team, Matherin and Coloco. Uh, those two have been unbelievable. Coloco's dunk uh, at the end of overtime, overtime end-ish of overtime, I guess. Um, was uh, pretty impressive. Matherin, 18 points and 30 points over the two games. Uh, Coloco, 17 points and 28 points. He was uh, 13 of 14 shooting against TCU, and he had 13 and 12 rebounds, respectively. Um, and then my last one's going to be R.J. Davis. Uh, Marquette, he had uh, four points, so not great, but he had 12 assists. And then uh, against Baylor, he actually ab- absolutely went off 30 points, six assists, so. Those are those are my guys that have stood out so far. I mean, Drew Timmy had uh, has fifty seven points in two games, and has been horrendous at the free throw line. Ten for twenty one at the free throw line, but nine for fifteen from two point range and yeah. thirteen for twenty from two point range. So, yeah. yeah, that's the only thing about Gonzaga; they struggled from the line. Yep, yep. I mean, against Georgia struggled, State, struggled. they were sixteen for thirty against Georgia State, and then against Memphis, they were uh, 13 for 24. So that's not going to cut it, I wouldn't say, all tournament. But uh, let me just give a quick shout-out to uh, Doug Eddard from uh, St. Peter's. How about that? Didn't really score that much all season. Puts up 20 against Kentucky. Uh, Also, I think another shout-out for Daryl Banks from St. Peter's. Literally had like eight games this season with double figures and then has 27 against Kentucky. Yeah. So, and how about Casey and Defo? Good luck to him trying to guard uh, um, Edie and Williams in the next game at 6'7, 195. But <laughs> uh, he had 17 points, 10 rebounds, three assists, six blocks against Murray State. Yeah. Pretty good. Well, uh, Texas I was also a 6'7 center, didn't they? Yeah. They Christian right. Bishop. But Christian Bishop was, you know, he's a high major. Player who played at Creighton last year as well. So, I mean, <laughs> Trey Mitchell would have been nice to have for Texas in that game, huh? Yeah. But he left. So, what can you do? Uh, I hate to keep going to Michigan with this, but Dickinson has been fantastic. I mean, yeah. he's he's a matchup nightmare for most teams 26 points, 11 rebounds, four assists against uh, Tennessee, 21 points, six rebounds, four blocks against Colorado State. He's pretty much been the go-to guy in this free throw shooting 13 for 15. So yeah. and three for five from three against Tennessee. Pretty much the key in how much further Michigan can go is definitely Hunter Dickinson. Uh Jaden Ivey, I think, deserves a shout out for the big dagger shots that he made last night. Uh had sure. 18 points against um against whatever the team they played was, Texas. 22 against Yale. He's been much more efficient from the field. He was uh four for seven last night. And then six for thirteen, which isn't great, but not terrible. I saw Twitter saying he has next generational speed, whatever that means. I mean, when he does turn it up, <laughs> yeah. you know. Do you like can, his new hairstyle? I I could really not. I don't really care. Um, <laughs> you know, it's all right. Okay. I I, I will one hundred percent believe for the rest of time that Matherin is a better player. So um, I, I don't see how anybody thinks otherwise. But whatever, I guess. People will not staying up late to watch Matherin on the West Coast, um, but he's a stud. He deserves a shout-out. 30 points, massive shots. He wasn't very efficient, 3 for 11 no, for 3, wasn't. but yeah. he hit a huge one. He hit them when they mattered. Yep. Right? Yep. Uh, and then I would also go Kyler Edwards from Houston. Um, 
wasn't efficient against Illinois. Didn't matter. His defense was good. He had a couple of big shots that kind of said, okay, this game's over from three. And then against uh, UAB, he had 25 points. He was 13 for 15, um, or wait, nine for 15 from the field. So wrong math there. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and R.J. Davis deserves one as well. Caleb Love as well. He was big time against uh, Marquette. And then, of course, the refs were like, oh, we'll foul out a point guard with like nine minutes left yeah. to go. Yeah, and I like, and I guess uh, another one would be Manic, but of course <clears throat> yeah. he got he got the boot against yeah. Baylor. So, he um, was he was he had what thirty two against Marquette or something like that. Twenty eight against Marquette, twenty six against Baylor. Yep, pretty good. Uh, pretty good transfer there, going yep. from Oklahoma to North Carolina. Um, yeah, I don't really think. There's any, I mean, I guess if you look at a team like UCLA and what they've done. They've kind of done it with Johnny Juzing not being what he was last year. Yeah. He he um, played much better the second game. That first game, he was off. There was it was not good. Tiger T- Campbell's Tiger been the Campbell. guy though. Yeah, sixteen Tiger points Campbell's in each game. Stepped. He he went on a little seven seven or ten zero run by himself to carry them through that first game. Yep. Uh, then for Kansas, I mean, I don't really see. I mean, Abaji hasn't been what he was for most of the regular season, only 15 against Creighton, 11 against Texas Southern. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Remy Martin is the key to that team, and he had 20 against Creighton, so he's been big time for them. And if he's playing that well, I don't see how they don't get to the Final Four um, at a minimum. So, And then obviously Colin Gillespie, best point guard in America, not even close. <laughs> uh, so there you go with that. Um, let's see. Let's talk about the Sweet 16 in the West region, first matchup to talk about is Gonzaga versus Arkansas. What do you think happens? Uh, I, I think Gonzaga is going to just just own them. Um, Gonzaga, you know, they, they played a close game against Memphis. Uh, Memphis probably played one of the better games of their uh, season. Um, they just didn't have enough. Uh, too many mistakes down the stretch. I just think that Gonzaga is going to start kicking in another gear. They've been my team team since we started this, um, and I, I just I don't think the must bus has enough. I hate to go against the must bus as well. I think they'll hang around. I think um, this will be like a two point game at the half, and mm-hmm. then I think Gonzaga is just going to take it to the other gear, which is what they've done in both of their games. They were not great in either first half, and they just turned it up in the second half. So if they can keep doing that, they're kind of unbeatable. But, um, yeah, I expect 83-70 would be the range that I would go. Gonzaga wins it, I think. Yeah. I think the guards are very key in this game. Because what can Andrew Nimhard and Rasir Bolden do against um, Devontae Davis and J.D. Note? I mean, they can – they can guard them, and uh, you know you're going to be six 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 ten six six at the three four and the five for Arkansas. It's not ideal against Timmy and Holmgren, but they can pull those guys out a little bit more, which I think Jalen Williams can do. Um, I think that'll help them a little bit, but don't think the must bus has enough. Uh, probably the most fascinating game: Texas Tech Duke. Yeah, um, I I, th- I think that uh, Coach K. Sad as it might be, as many tears it might be shed, this might be his last game. Um, shame. Texas defense is uh, it's just it's too stout. I think that uh, they, I think it's going to be a good game. I think it's going to be a close game. Um, I got, I'll say Texas Tech wins by three or four. So give me full breakdown because that's what you're good at. Um, I worry about Texas Tech scoring. I do. Yeah. Uh, they weren't very good against Notre Dame in the scoring department. Um, I I also don't think Duke is that good. You know, I yeah. just don't see that. Like, they have a lot of issues. I think they're playing a lot more loose than they were previously. I think a lot of that is what happened to them with North Carolina in the season, regular right. season. Uh, but I do think Texas Tech gets the job done. I think 62-60 would be my score prediction. You got the best defensive team in the country. Uh, they've given up, they gave up 53 points against Notre Dame, who from the offensive end was lighting it up against Alabama and Rutgers. Um, I think it doesn't matter any, the talent advantage. I don't care 
I think the Texas Tech is just so like they're consistently big at every position on the floor, and except for the five, which doesn't matter with the way that they play. Yeah. Um, I think that they're gonna, you know, junkyard dog. 62-60, they're going to hold him in check. And Mark Adams and the, his toupee are going to send Coach K and his dyed hair home. Yeah. yeah. So right. it would it would be something that America's rooting for, I have to say. Uh, South region, Arizona, Houston. Uh, I think this is going to be the, the, the best game, um, personally. Uh, <clears throat> I think Arizona's offense – Matchup against Houston's defense. Um, Houston, uh, Ta- what's it, how do you say his name? Tajay. 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 Um, the way he played against Illinois, he he seemed like he he wanted the ball more. He demanded the ball more. Um, he took it at um, Demonte Williams, who's supposed to be the best defender, one of the best defenders uh, on Illinois' team. Um, I'm gonna have Houston winning this game. Um, I think it's going to be a buzzer beater. We haven't had a buzzer beater yet. I think it's going to be a buzzer beater. Houston wins by one. I mean, it's like we're the same person. Uh, (laughs) I just wrote down Houston 68, Arizona 67. I think if Houston can control the pace of this game and defend the way that they did against Illinois, they have the length, they have the toughness, they have the system in place. Um, If Kirk Reese is not healthy, I just don't. Arizona is just a completely different team. They don't do what yeah. they want to when he's not on the floor. I agree. And he's not going to be that healthy in this game either. He's, he's going to play. But... He's got it. Like, he looked like he was in pain at the end of that yep. game last night. Yep. Um, I, and I assume that, you know, the drugs were wearing off or whatever. But um, I, they I need just, Matherin and Coloco to score 50 plus I combined. I can't imagine what his ankle looks like today. Yeah, like, it has to work look worse than what it had been looking like. So I don't know. Um, yeah. I, I just don't trust them without them. And uh, yeah. Right. Uh, Villanova, Michigan. Huh. Um, I, you know, I haven't been on Nova very much. Um, I haven't really liked them, but I just, I can't, I can't go with Michigan. Um, I think, I think Nova's going to have a, a terrible time with Hunter Dickinson, like you said. Um, I don't know what's going on with Devontae Jones. Um, I know that he got hit in the head again, so he was benched half that game. Um, but the freshman that's coming in for him, that dude's, that dude's good. Frankie um, Collins? Yeah, Frankie Collins. He plays hard. Uh, I think it's going to come down to uh, if Houston, you know, can, can get some shots to drop, things like that. Uh, but I'm going to take Villanova's experience. I think it's going to be close. I say Villanova by four. So I think outside of the freshmen coming in and being absolute studs all season for Michigan, this has almost been the perfect scenario for them because these freshmen learned, you know, there was adversity this season for them and they weren't as good as they were supposed to be. But mm-hmm. now they're getting instead of like tournament experience with Diabate and Collins and Bufkin and Houston. Um so I think that's great for them. Like I said, I don't love this matchup for Villanova. I've been on them all tournament. I think if you give Jay Wright four days to prepare for a team, they're going to be able to do some things that other teams can't do. And if you look at Villanova and you watch them play, and I saw people saying this on Twitter, there is somebody open on every single offensive possession at any point. Like the way they run their offense is so simple. They attack matchups. Yeah. And they have the best point guard on planet Earth. Like if Gillespie's <laughs> making shots – they're yeah. not going to lose. So I'm going to take them by four as well. I wrote down 68-64. So Villanova takes out another Big Ten team. Uh, I'm not going to dismiss Michigan. I think they have a very good chance to win this game. Yeah. If Dickinson plays well, they will probably win. But I just think Villanova, like I said, keyword, tough. They're too tough. I think that they're getting to the Final Four. I really do. And I think that they can get to the National Championship. So um, it's not even really close to Jay Wright's best team. Maybe his fourth or fifth best team. That he sat there because they have won two titles, obviously, but it's going to be a hell of a game. Probably the third or fourth best game out of all, out of all of them, uh, behind Duke, Texas Tech, behind Arizona, Houston. But it's it's going to be a really good game. Uh, East Region, North Carolina, UCLA. Um, you know, <clears throat> UCLA uh, hasn't. I mean, I know they played well against St. Mary's, but St. Mary's isn't full of athletes, I guess. 
Not um, in the slightest, no. Yeah. So I, you know, they they didn't play well against Akron. Um, and I just think North Carolina's is the hot team um right now in the tournament. I'm gonna say that they're the the hottest team in the tournament. They're playing with a lot of confidence. Um again, RJ Davis was amazing against Baylor. Uh Baycott. Uh, I, I think that North Carolina wins this game. I'll say by give me eight points. I think North Carolina eight points. I'm not as confident as you are in North Carolina, but I do think that they'll win. Uh, like you said, hot team. I think if one of their guards plays well, a.k.a. Caleb Love in the first game, R.J. Davis in the second game, Baycott's a big key, rebounding, making plays there, not shooting free throws. Uh, and then Manic, obviously. So this team's emerging. They're hot. And I think if Jaime Jaquez is not 100% healthy, that's a problem for UCLA. Yeah. I think that that's going to be yeah, something true. to monitor for them. Yeah. Um, I believe Mick Cronin said if he can walk, he'll play. So <laughs> take that for what it means yeah. or for what it is, I guess. Uh, but, yeah, I think the luck runs out for UCLA. Not really luck, but just – the juice. I mean, it's been a weird season for them. They're playing a lot better now, but I don't think that they'll get to the Elite Eight again. Yeah. So, yep. yeah, I'll take 74-69 North Carolina. And we don't need to spend too much time on this game, but I think the luck is about to run out on St. Peter's. Yeah, I agree. Uh, give me Purdue by 18. I literally wrote down 80-62. to 62. What the hell is going on here? I mean, I think Purdue's pretty much going to be do too many podcasts together. Right? <laughs> Apparently so, because there's no differing opinion yet. Um, but I think, yeah, I think Purdue takes care of them. I think they can do whatever they want on the offensive end, despite yeah. how hard and how tough St. Peter's has been. It's just a different level. And would it be incredible to see St. Peter's catch Purdue on an off day? That'd be amazing. It's just not going to happen. So, um, all right, let's go to the Midwest region. We might have a differing one here, Kansas Providence. Uh, I, I, I'm gonna go with Kansas. Um, I think that uh, I think Providence. You know, they've been impressive. I don't think they've had you know a whole lot of competition thrown at them so far. You know, South Dakota State was probably a tougher game for them than than Richmond. Um, and so I'll go with Kansas, even though I. Hate Bill Self, and I don't know if he can get to an elite eight. So, but this might be the last two raw for Bill Self, given the whole FBI thing. Give me Kansas by three. I'm going to take Providence by four. I think this is a great matchup for Providence. I think they can defend, and if Remy Martin doesn't play well, I don't think Kansas wins. Um, I think the Justin Manaya against Oche Baji is a massive matchup. Manaya is a lockdown defender. That's what he does. Uh, they got the they got the size Nate Watson underneath. Obviously, Noah Horsler, Ed Cooley's doing a hell of a job. I think this is a year that they're going to get to the Final Four. I really do think the Providence gets there. Yeah, I do. I just yeah. If I'm, if I'm picking, if I'm picking with, you know, what I think rather than what I want, I'm going Kansas. I mean, has Kansas really had any competition yet either? I mean, Creighton had no point guard, no center. I agree. You're not wrong. So I'm going to take Providence. I think this is the best possible Sweet 16 matchup for Providence. Even though it's the one seed, I think they match up well with them size-wise. I think their defense is going to be, you know, next level as it has mm-hmm. been. So uh, Iowa State-Miami. Uh, this is an interesting one. Um, <clears throat> I'm impressed by Miami. Uh, you know, the guards, uh, like you said. Uh, so I will – I'll take Miami. Um, you know, Iowa State – they beat an LSU team that didn't have a coach. They beat a Wisconsin team that's been a fraud all year. Uh, so the ACC apparently is the best conference in America. So give me Miami by four. I'm going to take Iowa State by four, and here's why. Miami typically plays in the 70s and the 80s. Iowa State plays in the 50s and 60s. I will take the defense over the offense here. I think that um, Tyrese Hunter – is going to have a great game against the Miami guards. And I think that they can stretch the floor a little bit. You have the wings on the outside. If Cal Shurik can knock down a few shots and Brockington can make some plays, I think this is a, this is a weird year where Iowa State gets there. I'm going to take the defense over the offense here. That's kind of a trend of what the tournament's kind of been like. Um, and the good thing for Iowa State is they don't have any – Miami doesn't have any overwhelming bigs for Iowa State to worry about. 
So that's a big factor that they don't have to worry about, you know, an Oscar Shibway or a Kofi Coburn or one of those elite centers in the game. Miami doesn't have one of those, and Iowa State won't have to worry about that. So uh, that means that my Elite Eight is uh, Gonzaga versus Texas Tech, Houston versus Villanova, uh, UNC versus Purdue, and Providence versus Iowa State. So So we're all the same except our Midwest is the complete opposite. Yep, sounds about right. Um, I mean – if if those are the four matchups, where would you be leaning for the final four as of right now? Uh, final four, I'm going to go with Gonzaga, uh, Purdue, um, Houston. And you want me to take Kansas or Providence? <laughs> I'll take Kansas. I would go Gonzaga, North Carolina, Villanova, Providence. Okay. Be mine. Yeah. So kind of like two cakewalk matchups in some way for Gonzaga and Villanova to be playing each other. We'll <laughs> see though. We'll see. Um, so in terms of the winners that we have, the final eight, the eight teams we have to win. So Gonzaga and Texas Tech. For Gonzaga, who do you think the most important player on the floor is outside of Drew Timmy? Is it Nimard? Is it Holmgren? It's got to be one of those guys. I'm going to say Holmgren. I, yeah. I think Holmgren's – hasn't hasn't been amazing so far in the tournament um you know his defense is there just because he's long but uh his shooting hasn't been great um so i think nimhart you know what you're getting with him he's gonna come out he's gonna play well um so i think i think it's what chet can do so yeah um i would agree with that i think nimhart is definitely in the top three or five point guards in the country um and I think that's important this time of the year, but I think the Chet's a, a huge part of what they do. It kind of takes some pressure off of Timmy as well. Uh, and then on the other side for Texas Tech, I would say the most important player for Texas Tech has to be – I was going to go O'Banner, but I think I'm going to go a different direction. I think I'm going to go with uh, Kevin McCuller. Or no, I'm going to go Terrence Shannon. Okay, I'll go Terrence Shannon because he did not do anything in that game yesterday. He had three points yeah. in 18 – he only played 18 minutes. They need him for more than 20 minutes. Like he had 20 against Montana State. They need him to do something like that over anything else. And I mean, he's six six. Who's he going to guard on Duke? Probably one of their shooters. Whether yeah. it's Keels, maybe it's Wendell Moore. Uh, but he's a very important part of their team. Uh, who's who's the most important player for Houston in their game? Uh, um, I, I mean, I I think like I said earlier, uh, I can't even say his name, Tajay. Tahaja. He does the little um, things, you know? The, yeah, he's just he, – he doesn't usually – he's not usually a scorer for them. And, and when he turned into a scorer against Illinois, I felt that's when Houston kind of started going. So um, I think if he can continue to do that, um, it, it's just another another step for Houston to, to be better. Yeah, I agree. Um, I'm, for Villanova, I would say the most important player in that matchup, that specific matchup, is probably Eric Dixon, who's going to be up against Hunter Dickinson. So mm-hmm. uh, he's only 6'8", 255, though, big body. Has been very good for them in the tournament. Three for four from three in two games. He had only made, I think, he had only made um, 14 threes all season before this tournament or no, he'd only made 13 threes all season before this tournament and he has three in two games. So that's a big part of it. He could probably guard Dickinson on the perimeter in some way. But the thing with Villanova is they don't really have any small, like they're six, three and above on everybody. The shortest guy is Gillespie, who's their best player. So, I mean, Justin Moore, six, four. I love the matchup for Gillespie and Moore against whether it's Jones and Brooks or Collins and Brooks. Great matchup for Nova. And they have a guy that can guard Houston. Jermaine Samuels or Brandon Slater can guard Caleb Houston. They're both 6'7". Um, so I think that defensively the matchup at the first four for Villanova is good, but mm-hmm. at the five is where you worry a little bit. And then offensively, I think they can get there. So I just I think Villanova wins, but I wouldn't be that surprised either way. Um, for Purdue in the East region, who's their most, most important player against St. Peter's? 
Uh, I, I think it's going to be uh, Edie. Um, I don't think that he was, he's been great. Um, he, he seems frustrated. Um, so I think him getting the ball and, and just turning and shooting. Um, I know he's slow and methodical, um, but you know, um, <clears throat> I guess another guy would be Stefanovic, him shooting, um, how his, if his shots are falling, uh, how he's defended. Uh, but I'd say Edie overall. So, um, in terms of North Carolina, I think their most important player is one of the two guards, Caleb Love, RJ Davis. You know what you're going to get from Manic. He's going to have a game. Baycott's going to be important on the glass. But if they can have a matchup of uh, RJ Davis against Tiger Campbell on both ends of the floor, it's very important for them. So we'll see what happens there. Um, We don't even need to talk about the, the Midwest region. I think it's pretty simple. Kansas, it's Remy Martin. If he plays well, they win. Providence, it's probably Nate Watson. If they get anything out of him offensively, they win. Iowa State, it's Tyrese Hunter. How does he play against the other Miami guards? And for Miami, it's probably, um, I guess, Isaiah Wong. Um, I mean, you can really go with any of the guards, whether it's Charlie Moore um, or Isaiah Wong or Cameron McGusty. One of those three are pretty much the the key guys there. Uh, which coach do you trust the most in each region to win their game? Oh, man. Uh, Hard hitting question. Yeah. Uh like out of the out of the <clears throat> four teams. Just pick one from each region, yeah. We go with uh Mark Few, obviously. Uh man, the East. <laughs> I don't know if I trust <laughs> any of them. Uh uh I'll go with Shaheen. Right. I, I uh I mean, there's one guy in the South you have to take. Right. Uh, uh, Jay Wright. Maybe the guy who has two more titles than the other three. Yeah. And then uh, give me Ed Cooley. All right. Never been there, but we'll go with it. Um, <laughs> I mean, in the West, in the West, I'm I'm going to go with a few as well. In the East, I'd like to go with none of the above, but I'm going to go with the team that I didn't pick to win, which is Mick Cronin, who last year – Got them to a he final. Got four. it. Yeah, you're not wrong. Uh, the South, I mean, it's Jay Wright, and it's not even close. Yeah. I mean, the second would probably be Kelvin Sampson, and then I would probably trust Jawan more than Tommy Lloyd, just because Jawan's been there at least um, as a head coach. Midwest, I'm going to go with uh, I'm going to go with Bill Self, even though I didn't pick him to win because this is his last ride. I hope he enjoys it because he's going to get fired. Um, <laughs> all right. I mean, the FBI stuff is bad. He should is be it? done. But- is it? Will Wade got fired for it, and they're just waiting to, to do something with Bill Self. I guarantee you. And I don't know anything about it for the most part. I guarantee you the Bill stu- Self stuff is worse than Will Wade. Yeah. Guarantee it. Yeah. Uh, he pretty much like got Adidas to hide money for him in some ways. So it's it's not good. It's illegal Yikes. is what it is. Yeah, so we talked about that last offseason, how Bill Self not being suspended is an absolute joke. Right. But anyway, he's in Series 16. Nobody cares about it, but whatever. Uh, notable coaching changes around the country. In the SEC, Dennis Gates goes from Cleveland State to Missouri just to continue to lose to Illinois from every year on out. <laughs> uh, nothing on this hire for me. Todd Golden, San Francisco to Florida, great hire there, I think. I did yeah. a great job of San Francisco getting them to their first tournament. Since 98, um, Archie Miller, Sean Miller back in business. Archie Miller to Rhode Island. Sean I know Miller Archie back got to hired. Yeah, uh, Rhode Island. Good for him. So they're the back in business. Sean, Sean Miller going to go corrupt another program? Or? It looks that way, I guess. Huh? Um, shouldn't need to, though. The Big East kind of outside of like UConn and Villanova, <laughs> it's not too big of a threat moving yeah. forward. I mean, Providence is always going to have some sort of competitiveness. Uh, Kenny Payne, Nick's assistant becoming the Louisville head coach. We'll see how that goes. Was an assistant at Kentucky as well. Uh, Pat Chambers back in business, Florida Gulf Coast. Wow. Atlantic I see that higher. Yeah, I got all the inside sources. I guess. Even though it was on Twitter. Um, <laughs> I, got all the, I follow all the people on Twitter. 
Jerome Tang, not Brad Underwood, getting the job at Kansas State. I'm stunned. Amazing. Um, How's that happen? Baylor assistant is what he was for a long time. So kind of helped Scott Drew build the program up. Um, so if you ask Illinois fans, they want uh, Underwood to go to Kansas State and they want Tang. So because that makes a lot of sense. Good right? job, Illinois fans. Good job. Hit him another one. Um, Kevin Willard goes to Maryland, where he's going to make almost two times the amount that Mark Terger was making there. Unreal. Willard did a great job at Seton Hall overall. I know it didn't end well. I know some of the things he said in the way out were kind of weird, like the Shaheen Holloway quote. Like, why would you mention a coach that's still in the tournament? Not fair. So what happened there? They just asked him something about the future, and he said, if I'm not here next year and Shaheen Holloway is here, that would be the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. That's literally what he said. Oh, really? He sounded like a drunk person. Yeah. Wow. Right after their game. So. That's not right for St. Peter's, but whatever. Willard was great there, though. 12 years and multiple tournament appearances. Um, And then Sheen Holloway is going to be the next head coach of Seton Hall. It's like almost a guarantee. I would be absolutely floored if Sheen Holloway is not hired as the next head guy. Um, Yeah, I mean, I don't see how Sheen Holloway is not the next guy at Seton Hall. So it's going to happen. And then Matt McMahon. Goes Murray State to LSU. He chose LSU over South Carolina. So, so that Brad was Underwood's done. not going anywhere. Is that what Pretty we're much saying? confirmed. Yeah, okay. I would, I would yeah. say that's, that's uh, no doubt. I mean, really. Now, weird. if he can learn how to run an offense, we will see. We will see. Um, so, I'm trying to find. There was a list of finalists that I saw for the um, South Carolina job. Let's see if I can find it here. Um, Hang on. Uh, Lamont Paris, the head coach at Chattanooga, and B.J. McKee, who's a former South Carolina player and a, an assistant for overrated Jerry Stackhouse at uh, – uh, wait, no. It's Wake Forest, not Vanderbilt. I don't know why I read Vanderbilt. Wake <laughs> Forest, so an actual good coach, uh, Steve okay. Forbes. Didn't make the tournament, but I digress. So, yeah, I mean, big coaching changes, big-time stuff, but uh, – yeah, I think Frank, uh, Frank Martin's done. I don't know. He seems like a basketball lifer type, but maybe not. Right. Um, It'll just be an analysis for, uh, you know, the NCAA tournament where they have nothing but NBA guys on. Yeah, I think uh, it'd be great for Rex Chapman to not suck on there. He's <laughs> terrible. Uh, he's an absolute atrocious. I, I haven't watched. I, I've probably watched two minutes of actual halftime or post-game stuff. So I, well, I let's just put it this way. I don't care. So Rex Chapman makes Charles Barkley look like Bill Raftery. So, yeah. Thanks. Uh, by the way, thanks Charles for the uh, kiss of death picking Illinois. Appreciate yeah, you. Yeah. Really killed us there. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, that'll do for us. We'll be back probably after the sweet 16 preview, the elite eight, discuss the sweet 16. Then obviously the final four preview national championship preview, all that stuff coming as we get ready to uh, get this tournament going, and then the transfer portal is about to have about 900 names in it again. So Yeah, it's already up to 550, I saw. So It's going to double. So <laughs> have fun with that. Uh, we'll be back, though, later this week. Enjoy the Sweet 16, and uh, we'll talk about how right we were in a few days. Goodbye. Right.